This is Hank Hill. And I'd like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. I'll tell you what. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It is great to have you. It is September 29th, and I have a great show for you this week. Yeah. Hey, first of all, let me just say thank you, Hank. Mr. Hill, I, I... I feel like I can say, I can I can call you Hank because I've watched on TV for so long, but I truly appreciate you uh, calling in on the uh, phone and leaving me that intro. It means a lot to me. Thank you. And um, yeah, man, give your wife a good one for me. There's something weirdly domestic, suburban, sexy about her. I'm not sure why. Uh, yeah, if you would like to leave your own intro, uh, your own little voicemail of I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey, Call 801-899-6168 or visit the 9centspodcast.com website at, <laughs> I just said it, 9centspodcast.com and click the little button there uh, with the phone number and it'll take you directly to a voicemail where you can leave uh, your own crazy absurd message as I've gotten in the past or your own intro to this pe- the podcast. I, I appreciate all of them because I lost a significant amount uh, during my computer dump a couple weeks ago. I need to rebuild them so you don't hear the exact same intro every single episode. And I mean, really, these things, these intros, they're just meant to add a little bit of flair, a little bit of uh, difference for every single episode. I don't want to get stuck down in this sort of monotonous uh, process of, of listening and hearing the exact same things over and over again. So it, it just adds, it's like a little cherry at the beginning, a little carrot to pull you into the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm basically calling you a donkey <laughs> with the carrot analogy. You're the donkey. Uh, the intro is the carrot and you're walking to me, the podcast. That's horrible of me to say. Well, as you can tell already, it is just me. It's you and me, baby all episode long. It's been a long time since we've done this, and I kind of like doing these, where I don't have to worry about other people being in on it. I can just, you know, be me. And you, you can just be you. And together, we can make sweet podcast love. Mm. And if you're a dude, and this freaks you out a little bit, chill out. I'm not going to touch you. Yet. <laughs> All right, well, I do have a great show for you. In The Devil's Advocate, I, uh, I'm i going to be talking about Reformed Satanist, or you never were. I saw this little post on a social networking site, and I'm going to tell you about it. And in The Infernal Informant, a three-year-old girl brings 14 bags of pot to Harlem daycare in her pink mini mouse backpack. And Catholics react to Pope's remarks on small-minded rules concerning homosexuality, abortion, 
And I'm not going to give you a creature feature, I'm going to give you an Adam's Road Rage. Now, I've only given you one of these before, and I have I have more than I'd like to admit of them. Uh, but I, the one that I gave you, it was on, I think, a year and a half ago. Not this year's birthday episode, but the year before. And one person commented that they liked it and they wanted to hear more. So you're gonna, you're gonna hear one <laughs> that's pretty recent, and it's me yelling a lot. And this is kind of what I do to unwind when I, when I am driving because I have a long commute. If something pops in my head, I pull up my phone and I hit record and I just start talking about what I want to talk about on the podcast. Or if I just have a particular topic that I want to rant about, I do so. And I record it so that someday I may find a little hole in the programming to insert it. And guess what? I've got a gaping hole. <laughs> that sounds gross. I have a hole in this podcast, and this is where I'm going to put it. I could do another review of a book or an album or a movie, but yeah, I, I do that a lot, and I have done it a lot, and so this time we're going to change it up. It's not going to be that long. It's going to be very loud, and I hope you dig it. And let me know. If you don't like it, then I just won't do them anymore. But you know, one person wanted to hear another, so here it is. I'm doing this for you peeps. Uh, okay, so before I start, I already told you about the phone number to leave your own intro. I had just had a medical procedure done this last week. Um, I'd been feeling messed up for some time. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I still, <laughs> I gotta be honest, I still don't know what it was. Um, but there was symptoms that concerned me that were creeping up. So I went to the doctor and we had this procedure. And during the, the beginning of this procedure, I had an IV. And so the, the nurse that was giving it to me um, was saying, you know, just small talk. Oh, how you doing? You know, a lot of people with tattoos, they don't like needles much in my experience. And so I want to make sure that you're going to be okay. I was like, I don't care. You know, it's I got a hematoma from training in the army. I'm used to people sticking needles in my arm and I have tons of tattoos. So, you know, I, I really don't care. I don't like it, but I don't, I'm not afraid of it either. I'm not going to pass out. So she, you know, continues to stick me and continues with small talk. She's like, oh, so, uh, so what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a graphic designer. And she's like, what? Really? Completely disbelief. Like I had just lied to her face. Like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an astronaut. I'm the first man who landed on the moon. Like, with a straight face, I pulled a bald-ass lie out on her. That was the reaction. So I was like, why are you so shocked? I've never received that reaction before. Why are you so shocked? She's like, I I don't know. I don't mean to judge, um, but I... Yeah, meanwhile, she just fucking did. I don't mean to judge, but I thought you were going to say a diesel mechanic or something like that. What the... Who the hell are you to... <laughs> I'm what it... Okay, first of all, to all you diesel mechanics out there... <laughs> I don't have any problem with you, but I never once in my life put myself together for the day thinking I'm going to look like a diesel mechanic today. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to begin at all. Like I imagine a trucker's hat or something. I don't have, I don't even own a trucker's hat. Uh, I, I imagine, uh, oils and grease stained fingers from working your ass off all day. I, I don't have that. I have soft, tender fingers. <laughs> My wife loves them, <laughs> but very much not the manly-esque thing that you would expect from, I don't know, say a diesel mechanic. Uh, I, th I guess maybe that's the only thing I can think of other than, you know, worn out clothes or something, you know, from you know, having work clothes that you wear to work only, but I don't know where the fuck she got it. And I don't, was it just the tattoos? Because 
I can't imagine that that's the sole reason someone would peg you for something as specific as a diesel mechanic. And I was sitting there when she said it, and I didn't know whether I should be offended or not. Like, I, you know, she is just trying to do her job and be folksy and get through this, obviously now quite awkward experience. And I'm sitting here like, who the fuck are you to tell me that I look like X or Y? Like... Why don't you just say, here's how, here's how you actually do the, the, the circumstance properly as a professional. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you, a trained nurse, presumably doing it more than just today. I'm not your first patient. So presumably, you know bedside manner. I'm going to, I'm going to show you what it is. This is for everyone listening. Um, I'm the nurse right now. Hi, like, what do you do for a living? That's my nurse voice. It's kind of sexy in a freaky tranny way. Hi, what do you do for a living? Oh, I, I'm a graphic designer. Oh, that sounds interesting. That's it! That's all you have to do! That You don't even have to say that sounds interesting because that could actually lead to a longer discussion that you don't give a fuck about. What you probably should just say is, Oh, that's interesting. I blah, 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 and just continue on. Like, you don't even have to hear. I, it's not like I have chambered 18 really hilarious graphic design stories that I'm just going to unload on you for no apparent reason. You don't hear that. If I was a proctologist, then I would probably change your chamber some pretty interesting stories on the off chance that someone's going to ask me, what do you do for a living? But as a graphic designer, no. No. You don't ever have a story chambered because there's nothing exciting happens. The the most exciting thing that happens about graphic design is what you're going to hear in Adam's Road Rage. And it's not a good thing. Never a good thing. So I don't understand why you'd have to, first of all, be shocked that I would be a graphic designer and then have horrible bedside manner to show that shock. I get you judge people. Like everyone judge. You have to if you're going to exist in this society. You are trained to judge. It's natural as human, but I'm in a vulnerable position at this moment, and I want to feel comfortable, and that is not polite. Be polite if you're a professional. Act like a doggone professional. It's, it's not hard. Come on. All right. If I was in my car and I screamed more, that would be an Adam's road rage. All right, so... I had already told you guys last week, that was the last week that you could submit questions for the greater magic discussion, and it was true. <laughs> I'm not accepting anymore, so if you haven't sent it by now, but you wanted to, don't be so lazy next year and get on <laughs> your urge faster. Uh, I did get a number of really fantastic questions that I think are going to make the podcast uh, recording actually a lot more interesting, so thank you very much for everyone who submitted them. Um, even if it was just an offhanded comment, I formulated it into a question in order to make it, um, appear, uh, you know, so I had something to ask rather than just say, Ooh, X and Y said blah. Not really a question. Just wanted to say it. <laughs> it's just a statement. Not interesting. I want to make these episodes, these greater magic episodes worth you're listening to so that you can reference them in years to come saying, well, I had this greater magic question maybe one of these episodes covers it, and chances are it does, because we cover a lot of ground in each of these. So for the first year, it was amazing fundamentals of greater magic practice and theory. Uh, the second year, from a female point of view, which was different and very interesting. And this third year, we're going to be talking about the fringe, the supernormal. 
And here's something that bothers me, I, and I don't, I don't fully understand it. And this is one of the reasons why I hate people who claim to be atheists and, and pure science-driven individuals, because the majority of science, it's not fact. It's all repeatable theory. And so to think that one subject is more absurd than the other is is insane and ignores the, the entire point of science, and that's discovery of truth and in, in, in practicing uh, exercises in order to come up with some sort of universal theory of X or Y or, or, or reason for X or Y. I mean, even space and time fluctuates. Uh, <laughs> so you can't just sit here and say, well, that is an absurd idea that could never happen and I will never even think about it because I'm a staunch scientific atheist and that does not enter my worldview blah 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 well guess what you're actually being as ignorant as every single Christian out there because you're shutting out possibilities that are in the world because there's not a proven theory for it yet doesn't mean that it doesn't exist it just means it hasn't been discovered yet and so i find this a lot and i always term these atheists as militant atheists because they refuse to look outside of their atheist blinders and it drives me crazy this is why i don't ever call myself an atheist because i think most atheists are as ignorant to possibility as christians and that to a satanist is infuriating we're supposed to be questioning all things, even well-established facts that we perceive as facts, that, are, that are, um, our culture says are facts. We're supposed to question everything. That's the point, to come to it, personal truths. And we can't do that if we wear blinders all the time. So atheists, how about you stop pretending to hate the Christians so much and their uh, unwillingness to see possibility when you're doing the same damn thing. How about both of you go have sex, you'll feel a lot better, burn off all that aggressive energy, and let the rest of us here in the world that actually want to test theories, that actually want to explore possibilities, these, these crazy ideas that you think are, are actually very interesting to the majority of human beings on this planet. We're going to be talking about some of those in this greater magic discussion in the context of how it can actually benefit you as a greater magician. Greater magic practitioner? Or just magician, however you want to say it. So it's going to be a very interesting discussion. I'm very much looking forward to it. And it's with Magister Nemo, an amazing human being that knows as much as anyone that I've ever met about this exact topic. So it's going to be fantastic. Um, and maybe we can get some other information, you know, that would be exciting to some of the listeners out of him as well. So I'm going to do what I can. <laughs> but it's going to be exciting. Uh, anyway, let's start the show. I do not speak for the Church of Satan. Reformed Satanist? Or you never were. Alright, so I was uh, perusing one of the... I, I actually don't look at social networking sites that often, to be honest. I've pulled back significantly because I was, I was getting caught up in their absurd dramas and I felt like I was wasting my time. And so I stopped. Um... And now I just check, you know, a certain group um, in order to, you know, see if there's anything interesting that I could, you know, 
speak about on the podcast. And uh, there's one social network that I um, check, you know, I, I kind of update there. Uh, but it's infrequent and it's not uh, it's not the format where, you know, there's a lot of back and forth, which is what I prefer. So I was looking at this and one of the persons I was following uh, put this little post up saying that they no longer found that they identified as a Satanist. And um, they had found love in life and they'd found that they could go to uh they, they had better feelings about the world now and that they appreciated satanism because i'm paraphrasing this entire thing um they appreciated satanism because it allowed them to um uh, focus on themselves when when they needed to develop a sense of self and, and individuality which was important to them at the time uh what is it not anymore and that um it allowed them, it gave, it encouraged them to hate their enemies and that she didn't feel, uh, I'm giving away information, that they didn't feel like they, um, wa they didn't want to hate anymore. They didn't want to feel that hate or that, that need or necessity to hate anymore. And I was listening to this mini diatribe and I was thinking that has nothing to do with Satanism, and you were never a fucking Satanist. In the first. I always love it when you run across these people because they they self-identify as Satanists because at one point in their life they they found the aesthetics cool or the reaction they got from saying that they were Satanists cool, but they never actually connected with the content of the Satanic Bible, with the, the point of Satanism. They just sort of carried around like a really cool badge that, that scared and excited other people, made them look different and special. And as soon as they feel like they don't need it anymore, they sort of shake it loose and now stand with their hands on their hips, ready to face the world with their newfound popularity or, or whatever. You were never a Satanist in the first place. It's not something that you can choose to get out of because it's who you are. And this is something that is so, so core to what Satanism is that every single person seemingly mistakes it. This isn't a club that you join. You don't think one day, hey, I want to have a lot of friends. I'm going to be a Satanist. Yeah. And... Wow, this is exciting. I'm going to call myself a Satanist and everyone's going to see me as a Satanist and it's going to shock people and I'm going to feel special because of it. That's not how it works. And yes, there are people that do that and then they hopefully weed themselves out like this individual did because all they're doing in the long run is watering down what Satanism is. They're trying to change Satanism in order to fit their own worldview. And that's not a Satanist. It's very clearly defined in the Satanic Bible. Just read it. And if it resonates with you, then that is who and what you are. There's this idea that we like to espouse. And it's that Satanists are born and not made. And it's important. Because if you were born that way, you cannot choose later that it doesn't fit you anymore. It's who you are as an individual. You are a Satanist. I, Satanist. It's clear. But we get these people that always constantly try to come on in. They want to be a part of this massive tribe of, of individualists. I don't, I don't understand the need to belong to a group that doesn't really exist. There's no, 
There's no communal gatherings. There's no potluck dinners. It's not a club for friends. And if that's what you think it is, you should probably go join your local devil worshiping group because they probably do get together and, I don't know, play Magic the Gathering or something. The reality is, is it's rare to run across other Satanists in life. Genuinely, if you're connected into some uh, online communities, uh, you know, social networks, then you may run across other Satanists. But to actually walk up to them, I mean, you have to... It's you're lucky. It doesn't happen that you can't do that everywhere in the world. Um, I mean, there are little, you know, hubs of Satanists that have reached out to each other. But for the majority, they just want to live their lives the way that they want to live their lives. And they don't want to associate with other people in that manner. And that's that's the majority of Satanists, believe it or not. So to think that somehow you are enriched by terming yourself a Satanist for a period of time, or that somehow it'll carry you in certain circles, or or you'll get some tangible professional benefit from associating. You won't. That's you. That's not. It's not going to happen. It's not like you you send in your money, you get your red card, and then you've sold your soul to the devil, and then he gives you whatever. That's not how it works. And it always infuriates the hell out of me, as you can tell, when people do. It's it's like they're quitting a church, or it's like they're going to their AA meeting when they just finally decided I've been blackout, piss face, drunk way too many times. I have a problem, and they go up and I, this I don't need this anymore. I don't need, you know they're they're quitting alcohol, they're quitting drugs, or they're they're quitting sin, and they're going back to the church. I don't need this anymore. I need God, and I need to feel good about myself. Have you ever met a fucking Satanist? Because I've, I've never met a Satanist that doesn't love deeply. I, I don't know many Satanists that have ever truly hated someone for long periods of time. That's why we have something called ritual, to get rid of that poison. We're not encouraging. Satanism does not encourage you to hate. It provides tools so that you can deal with that hang-up emotion but it encourages you to move on as an individual, to grow as your own person and be successful by your own definition. It has nothing to do with this perpetual sense of hating other people. And yet, it does encourage you to love yourself and to champion yourself for who and what you really are, to objectively look at your strengths and weaknesses and work on them if you feel like you need work. And to be honest about yourself, but it has nothing to do with giving you a sense of pride or success or that's something that you've added to it. Satanism doesn't give you things. It allows you to see yourself for who you are and that's how you improve as a human being. By having a clear lens when you're looking at yourself. And understanding that you don't have to conform to other rules, you can you can focus on what's important to you, as long as you're abiding by the laws of society you live in. And, and that's it. That is literally it. So whenever you see these Satanists coming out of the woodworks, and they're saying, oh, I, I was a Satanist, but I just, I found a new way of life, and it's for love and it's appreciation. You never were a Satanist. And stop pretending to be. 
uh, Magister Nadramia has an amazing essay that speaks directly to this idea of love. Um, he, I believe it's called My Dark Satanic Love uh, or something there about it. It's at the Church of Satan website, Theory and Practice, um, but and which, which speaks to it brilliantly. But we do love passionately, aggressively, but in a realistic way. So to say that Satanism is full of people who hate, well, you're, you're talking about yourself. And, and that speaks volumes about who you are as an individual. You're, you're worthless. You, you don't have a sense, a proper sense of self, so you have to hate other people. I mean, envy can drive you to improve your life, but it's not anywhere to just wallow. Hate for other people, um, justified or not, it's not a healthy place to be. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's part of the, the gamut of human emotion that you're supposed to experience as a, a human being. It's important, but it's something that you work through. And, and ritual is there to help you do that. Um, but, but you work through your hate and you move on uh, without that baggage holding you back. It, it's, it's not something we champion. It, it, it truly makes me wonder how many people out there who self-identify as Satanists just don't have a fucking clue. And, and it's shocking because I imagine it's a lot. And it's that's even more shocking because I can't imagine that it has... It, it could be explained any any clearer than it has already. For, we're going close here to 50 years. I mean, we're a couple years away from 50 years of the same non-altered message about what Satanism is. And still we have these people that, oh, I'm a Satanist until it doesn't fit their desire to be anymore and you just you never were you were never a satanist so it's important and i want everyone listening to this right now to take a second and reflect and think if i don't agree with the content of the satanic bible and the satanic scriptures if that does not gel in any measure with my worldview I'm not a Satanist. Maybe I should move on. Tell yourself that and realistically look at that because that's important. You, all you're doing is making yourself look like a jackass for pretending or lying to yourself in worst case. It, it, it's, it's pathetic and it drives uh, me mad and everyone should be infuriated by these people who have lied to themselves and others and diluted what it means to be a Satanist. And, and not to yourself, because that doesn't matter. No one affects you as an individual Satanist. But they dilute what a Satanist is to the outside world. They're telling everyone they're a Satanist when they're not, and their behavior informs everyone as to what Satanists are, and they're not. They're misrepresenting your religion. That should piss you off. We wonder why people don't understand what satanism is meanwhile we have asshats like this muddying up the message take a realistic look at yourself if you're not a satanist stop saying you are and move on you can be a productive human being without being a satanist that's fine you can find a sense of self-worth without being a satanist go do it and you can hate people without having to be a satanist that has nothing to do with anything move about your day but don't claim to be my religion because that means something not just to me but to the world
We are moving in a very powerful direction towards pentagonal revisionism, towards the the safe and productive satanic world that we've always wanted. And if you're not moving toward that, then you're preventing it. Or you're just sitting on the sideline and doing nothing, in which case you're not being productive at all. What kind of a fucking Satanist are you? Be productive in your life. So, you know, the I, I just, I wanted to speak to that. It drove me crazy. Whenever you find these people who, who reformed from Satanism, they never were. They pretended for a while. Okay. They had fun at our expense. Okay. But they weren't. You don't, you just don't, you cannot change who you are that much. I always connect it to um, if if you were born a boy, but inside you're a girl. You can't you can't help that. That's who and what you are. So you either live as a lie, or you are a transvestite, or you go through the operation. You you're born homosexual, and that's who and what you are. You you can't control what you like. You're born a man or a woman and you identify as a man or a woman. You can't change that you're a man or a woman. And you're born a Satanist. That's how you think. That's why you went through all the shit that you went through as an individual expressing free thought. But that's who you are and you can't change that. And if you do, then you never were. Stop claiming to have been one. Satanism is not smoking. You do not pick it up one day, do it for a while just to look cool with the cool kids, and then put it down when you want to move on with your Christian life. You were never a Satanist. Admit it and move on. All right, let's uh, move on to the Infernal Informant. Uh, in front of Alright, this is the Daily News. A three-year-old girl brings 14 bags of pot to Harlem daycare in her pink Minnie Mouse backpack. The toddler was discovered with the drugs after teachers at the center smelled the marijuana from her bag. And this is by uh, Rocco Parashandola and Thomas Tracy from New York Daily News, published the 27th of September. She showed, but everyone can tell. A three-year-old girl arrived at her Harlem daycare center Friday, reeking of weed and carrying 14 bags of marijuana in her pink Minnie Mouse backpacks, cop said. But the girl, the niece of Ramarley Graham, the unarmed teen tragically slain by a cop's bullet last year, is no pint-sized pot dealer said. A friend of the tot's dad, Graham's brother, was arrested after admitting the marijuana was his, according to authorities. The illegal version of show and tell unfolded around 1 p.m. when the girl got to the early life school on West 147th Street near 8th Avenue. Daycare administrations, uh, administrators called police who found a substantial amount of marijuana in the child's backpack. Police sources said the stash was packaged in freezer bags as well as several sandwich-sized bags. The girl was questioned and returned to her parents. A brief investigation revealed the pot belongs to 24-year-old Kelly Mena, who was charged with criminal possession of marijuana and criminal sale of marijuana, cops said. It wasn't immediately clear who put the drugs in the girl's backpack and why. Police sources said the three-year-old's father is Francelot Graham, Jr., 27, Ramarley's Graham's older brother. 
Graham, 18, was killed by cop Richard Haste on February 2nd, 2012, after police pursued him to his family's Williams Bridge home during a drug investigation. Once inside Graham's home, Haste identified himself as a cop and fired at the teen at point-blank range in a bathroom, officials said. Graham was unarmed. Police later claimed Haste erroneously thought he saw a gun. Cops found a bag of marijuana near Graham's body and suspected he was trying to flush it down the toilet when he was shot. Bronx prosecutors indicted Haste on manslaughter charges that June. Here, here. But a judge tossed the case because... <laughs> I should have finished reading that. Because an assistant district attorney made a mistake when presenting the charges to the grand jury. Bronx Supreme Court Justice Stephen Barrett gave the Bronx District Attorney's Office leave to try again, but a second grand jury opted against a manslaughter indictment in August. Federal prosecutors said in August that they would review Graham's case to determine if his civil rights were violated. Graham's father, Francois Graham Sr., denied any knowledge Friday evening of the marijuana discovery. And, you know what, he actually, honestly, may not know that this other guy put it it's kind of messed up. Um, put it in this girl's backpack. It's it's weird that we uh, that anyone would think, hey, this is a good place to store this marijuana, this Minnie Mouse backpack. There's no possible way that anyone's going to find it. And, and who knows, maybe he was picking her up later to do some deal, and that's why he put it in her backpack. Speculating here. Um, but this is... This is the criminality of marijuana. They're involving children. Now, I just had a, dis a really, what I would like to think is an interesting discussion with Aaron uh, a couple episodes back about marijuana and legalizing, uh, legalizing it and the health benefits of it loosely. But um, this is uh, one of the amazing reasons why we should always take a second look. Because when you have people that are involving children in their poor decisions. I mean, if this was legal, you know, would he have put it in the kid's backpack? Who knows? But if he did, it's still a controlled substance. I mean, it would have been a, you know, obviously a, a, um, a drug that he's putting in this kid's backpack. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put Oxycontin. You wouldn't even put, hopefully, a, a box of, or, you know, a little container of aspirin in the child's backpack. I mean, that can really harm children. Any drug can harm children. So whenever you involve children in your shenanigans, we'll call them, you need, you need to be punished severely because we need to understand as a society, it's okay to self-destruct. Then the rest of us don't have to deal with your dumbass. Just die off. But don't involve children. They don't know anything. I mean, and it does affect them. I mean, it's going to affect them. You're, you're choosing to uh, in, in, enact some illegal behaviors, and you're including them. So, of course, it's going to affect them. I don't know enough about marijuana to know if just being around it that much, and if, if, the, if the school administrators could smell it. I don't, you know, I don't know if that even affects them at all, if it's just pure aroma. Uh, I'm sure it's just pure aroma. But the point stands is this is an innocent that is being caught up in some shit. I mean, even even if he didn't get uh, uh, incriminated for um, distribution of drugs, of marijuana, 
um, there should be a crime for involving children in any illegal activity, above and beyond the illegal activity itself. Uh, you're endangering a child. I mean, come on. You you need a you need to face up to that. And then you know, obviously, like I was saying, if 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 marijuana was legalized, would you still be doing that? I don't know that it matters because it's not like you put cartons of cigarettes in children's backpacks. It's not like you put fifths of vodka in child's backpacks and think that that's okay to do. I mean, it, it, it's legal for you to have, but it's not for them at their age. And even if it is legal, even if it's, uh, like I said, aspirin or if it's Tylenol, children's Tylenol, you don't leave it with the child because <laughs> they're children. They don't understand. They could accidentally take more than the recommended dose or they could actually, you know, seriously harm themselves with it. So don't be stupid. And let's let's make sure that you're not involving children in anything you're doing that is adult by nature. What, I mean, what is wrong with people? They can't just leave the children. <laughs> I feel like a weird uh, proselytizer. Leave the children. I believe the children are future. Oh, uh, that was, that was my generation. The Whitney Houston <laughs> generation. How about we talk about a little bit of, uh, that's enough for that. I just, I wanted to express a little bit of frustration, but also to say, you know, don't include children in your shenanigans. <laughs> I'm using that word a lot now that Adine said it last episode. Shenanigans. I call shenanigans on you. All right. So this next article, this is the Washington Post on faith. Catholics heartened by Pope Francis's remarks on small-minded rules concerning gays abortion by the Associated Press posted September 22nd. Catholics attending Sunday service around the globe said that they were hardened by Pope Francis' recent remarks that the church had become too focused on small-minded rules, on hot-button issues like homosexuality, abortion, and contraceptives. Worshippers applauded what they heard as a message of inclusion from the man who assumed the papacy just six months ago. I think he's spot on, said Shirley Halzenecht, 77, a retired school principal attending services in Little Rock, Arkansas. As Catholic Christians, we do need to be more welcoming. In Havana, Cuba, that's right, I said Cuba, uh, Irene Delgado said the church needs to adopt I'm sorry, adapt to modern times. The world evolves, and I believe that the Catholic Church is seeing that it is being left behind, and that is not good, said Delgado, 57. So I think they chose this Pope Francis because he is progressive, has to change things. Francis, in an interview published Thursday in 16 Jesuit journals worldwide, called the Church's focus on abortion, marriage, and contraception narrow, and said it was driving people away. Cardinal Timothy Dolan, the head of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, said the Pope's words were welcome. He's captured the world's imagination, Dolan said after Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. Like Jesus, he's always saying, hate the sin, love the sinner. But Dolan said Francis's change in tone didn't signal a change in doctrine. He knows that his highest and most sacred responsibility is to pass on the timeless teaching of the church, Dolan said. When he's saying is, we've got to think a bit more effective, about a bit more effective way to do it. Because if the church comes off as a scold, it's counterproductive. In Brasilia, Brazil, the capital of the country was with the largest Catholic population in the world, 22-year-old student Maria Das Grasses Lemos said Francis was beginning, I'm sorry, bringing the church up to date. She said children of divorced parents used to be barred from some schools in Brazil. 
All that has changed. In Brazil, people are no longer rejected because they are divorced, Lemos said. The church has to catch up with changes in society, even if it still doesn't admit divorce. Uh, Isaias Miguel Ortiz, a teacher at a private university in the Dominican Republic, took a similar view of Pope Francis's statement on gays. Although he believes the church will never adopt homosexuality, I'm sorry, accept, uh, Ortiz said Francis is getting closer to more people. All the people should be accepted the way they are, he said. The Pope didn't say he accepted abortion or homosexuality, noted Martha Fabula Rojas Lerma, 76. How many names do you need? Of Mexico City. Rather, he said he wasn't going to stress these issues. It was very correctly well-spoken, she said. There's a lot of injustice. Instead, we should work on that so that everyone has the basics. Shelter, food, clothing. In Philadelphia... Churchgoer Irene Fedden said priests should be more focused on helping the person gain a spiritual connection to God instead of condemning people because of certain actions that they believe are wrong. Outside a church in Coral's Gables, Florida, Frank Recio said he was grateful that the Pope is trying to shift the church's tone. I'm a devout Catholic, always have been. I think the Catholic Church has gotten out of touch with the way our world was evolving, said Recio69, who retired from a career in the technology industry. Riccio said he would support changes like allowing priests to marry. It's a natural state in life for men and women to have a partner, said Riccio. In Boston, Evelyn Martinez, 26, says she agrees with Francis that compassion should be one of the church's main priorities. I don't believe that someone's sexuality should keep them away from any religion, said Martinez, a graduate student at Emerson College who attended Mass on Saturday night. Jose Baltazar, a 74-year-old vice president of an insurance company and longtime church volunteer in Manila in the Philippines, said the Pope had set his priority priorities mindful of stark realities we have to give priority in working uh, to bring those who have gone astray back to the fold baltazar said we pray for them where did they go astray what's our shortcoming what's the shortcoming of the catholic church and that's the end um there's a couple major shortcomings you're hiding and perpetuating of, of child rape um, not homosexuality. I do not want to confuse that. This is child rape. And there, there's nothing, uh, I've never met a homosexual who, uh, condones child rape. Um, same sex child rape. It, it, it's still child rape and it's disgusting. Pedophilia is not the same as homosexuality. They are often mixed together in stories, but it is not the same thing. And it's important that everyone understands that. Um, Here's, here's the reason why I, I read this article to you. Whenever, and, and this is something that you can actually witness back when, when, with Rome, and I would say the reason the Catholic Church is still around. Um, the Roman Empire was failing. It, it was very difficult to manage such a widespread uh, government construct. Um, and so Emperor Constantine needed to find a way to unify the dying uh, Roman Empire. And so he thought by legalizing Christianity, by unifying all of the um, separate sects of Christians and, and Jews together with a unified instruction manual, a Bible, then uh, it would help bring together this very crumbling uh, empire. Ultimately, he was wrong. I mean, people you know, obviously uh, moved against it. But at the Council of Nicaea uh, meetings, they did in fact come together 
and refused the idea the first time. The second time, he paid them a lot of money, and so the <laughs> they came together and agreed to have a unified Bible and to preach Christianity through it. Hence, the Holy Roman Empire comes into the world stage. Um, and this is where the Catholic Church finds its strength, um, its foothold, the very beginnings of its organization, its business. Uh, it wasn't done for love. It wasn't done to feed people and to give them shelter. That's all bullshit that they added later. <laughs> it was done to unify a failing government. It has nothing to do with a god. And, and so I always find it funny when you have these people that actually buy into the bullshit that was written hundreds of years after their supposed prophet's death and completely ignore the original Old Testament. Completely ignore its teachings, unless you're the Westboro Baptist, in which they actually herald and, and preach the original uh, biblical teachings of, of hatred and exclusion and murder and, and, and just horrible human uh, behaviors. I mean, they, they encourage that. That's why if you actually meet a Christian who is tolerant, they're not Christians. That is not Christian at all. And if they are, then they just ignore half of what their religion teaches, and they only listen to some other things of it. They're picking and choosing what they would like to believe and what they don't want to believe. And so now you actually see, you know, like the, the, the Roman Empire trying to change in order to accommodate the majority of their population— you see, the Catholic Church doing this very same thing. They realize that people are leaving the Catholic Church. They don't want to be a part of it because it it's a horrible organization that perpetuates rape, child rape. It's a horrible organization that collects money and doesn't ever give any back in the form of taxes or in the form of, of major organizational support. I mean, there's no arguing that there are micro-level communities that do actually help the poor and the homeless. And there are actually, you know, worthwhile societal organizations that do that. But that's not the religion. Those are individuals that have banded together to do that for their own reason under the shadow of the religion. The religion itself is this very monstrous corporation that collects money and brings in money and gives little out. If they really cared about their flock, why would they have any money? Why wouldn't they give away all of their worldly possessions? Why do they even need an organizational structure, a building, a city? Why don't they sell it back all and then any money they bring in, give it back out in part through taxes? If they really cared, but they don't because that's not what it's about. So you have this asshat pope who comes onto the scene and tries to pretty up this very ugly turd that is the Catholic Church tries to shine it. He puts a pretty bow on it. And he goes out and he washes feet of criminals and he kisses babies and he touches cripples and he says things like, maybe we shouldn't focus on hatred. Not that we should forget about it. Note. No, no, no. We're not going to forget about it. We, we still hate them. We're just not going to talk about it. Then... That's us changing with the times. And maybe we can pull in a little bit of more revenue from their uh, uh, weekly coffers that they pass around. Donate a little bit more money. It's all a lie. And just because you have one very good press agent 
out there does not mean that the core of this organization has changed at all, and he has admitted that it hasn't changed when he got some blowback for saying this. None of, <laughs> no one believes, not even the, 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 the cardinals in the church itself believe that there's going to be any actual changes. We just don't want to focus on the bad. So <laughs> ignore the child rape. This is, this is what they've done for years. This is what they're good at. Ignoring the problem. Ignore the hate. Ignore the rape. Push it behind a curtain. And let's just talk about the good things that we're not actually helping with, but those individuals who actually don't have money are doing. Let's talk about that because that's much more important so that we can still keep this whole machine, this cog rolling and we can bring in more money. It, it doesn't matter how hard you polish it. It doesn't matter how many bows or how much perfume you dust it with. It's still a gigantic turd, this Catholic Church. It has done more harm than good. And no matter what press agent you have in front of it, the ugly, vile monster standing behind him, casting his shadow on everyone, is not a good thing. At least we can see that. Not like these other saps. But you know what? If they're too ignorant to see it, let them give their money. Let them continue to be poor. Let them have their wonderful spiritual moments. Because it's not going to lead to anything but sorrow. And maybe they just don't deserve happiness. They're pathetic. That's going to do it for the Infernal Informant. <laughs> kind of a negative Infernal Informant. I, actually, you know, I wonder, have I ever done a, a good Infernal Informant? Like a, like a happy, feel-good one? I don't think I have. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> All right, how about for the first ever segment of... <laughs> Without just being an aside, this is the official segment, Adam's Road Rage, coming up next. Welcome to another edition of Adam's Road Rage. What the fuck is it? What the fuck is it with, with those types of people that they have to be involved in everything? And, more importantly, in things they don't have a goddamn clue about. So, I'm at work, and I have a real design problem that I'm trying to work through. And, I don't want to talk about it because it takes a long... I Like, I have to give history if I'm going to talk about it. And so, I don't want to talk about it to anyone. Uh, one of the co-workers comes in that always wants to be a part of everything, even though they have no fucking business being a part of anything comes walking in, says, oh, hey, Adam, how's it going? What, what's, what's the problem? You know, you look like you're, you're struggling here. What, what, what's happening? And so, you know, because I'm not a complete asshole all the time, got to qualify that, uh, I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this design. I've got to write it in HTML, and it's not the easiest thing to do. Like, oh, why don't you just do this? And here's what drives me crazy about them suggesting, why don't you do this? They don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. Not a goddamn clue. They've heard something somewhere. They don't do web design. They don't work with HTML. They don't have a fucking clue. They just heard somewhere, some, probably me, mention something about a div at one point in their life. And so they think, oh, why don't I just throw that little nugget? I'm the one that fucking told you about it. 
what are the chances that I don't have a... I didn't think of that already as a possible solution. More to the point, it has nothing to do with this individual issue that I'm trying to work out that you are coming in and interrupting me in the middle of! Why can't you just stay the fuck out of shit that you don't have a goddamn clue about? Huh? 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 You can't do that, can you? They have to be involved in fucking everything. So rather than stare at them and shout in their face, WHY ARE YOU FUCKING RETARDED?! I try to explain in as quickly a manner as possible so I can get back to solving this goddamn problem that they are now, instead of being a solution for, or even a helpful idea factory for, a fucking liability. So I, I, I try to tell them, well, you know, it's not that. It's, the, you know, these shapes, they're so close and they're so angled and divs work in squares and there's only so much you can do with shaping a div and if you hover over it and, you know, it creates this sort of hover effect and it becomes this whole process of me trying to explain the complexities of uh, HTML5 when they have no fucking idea about anything. Like, no code experience, background, anything. So, I'm, it's, it's, here, here's what it's like. I'm trying to teach, teach physics to a fucking monkey. They don't, they don't understand it. They don't, I don't even know why she's fucking sitting here. Because it, it's going, it's like, she won't be able to regurgitate the information I'm giving to her in two minutes time. It's just going to go right over her fucking head. But because she's a goddamn idiot and feels like she should understand everything... I have to try to fucking explain it to her. Oh, and did I mention she's the boss's wife, so I can't punch her in the face and then knee her in the groin, even though that's all I want to do. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Why, if, if it doesn't have anything to do with you, don't try to fucking help. If I didn't come back up to you asking for help, don't fucking try to help! How hard is it? Fuck's sake, people. God damn it. Ah. Uh. The peaceful sounds of rage. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for another show. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know. Shoot me an email at info at ninecentspodcast.com or shoot me a, a, a voicemail message and let me know what you thought of that segment or the entire show or if you have any uh, suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments, uh, send them to me. Because I want to know. I'm listening. You can visit the SatanNet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics. Download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube, so look for us there. You can subscribe to 9 cents via iTunes by searching 9 cents, and don't forget to leave a rating and or comment. I've got a lot of them, and I want to thank you guys for doing it, but if you haven't sent me a review, you don't even have to leave a comment, a verbal review. Just give me a rating, but I do appreciate the comments. Um, if you would like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. The only way this podcast is going to live is if you tell a friend. Share nine cents with your friends, your enemies, hell, your grandmother. Let's build this podcast together. Help spread the word. And once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell. And until next week, hail Satan!